0: man. That is just incredible. And so what we're going to do today, we're actually going to be doing something different. You can kind of call me like the Jay Leno of sorts tonight, because I'm going to be kind of interviewing our pastor. And what we hope for today is that you're going to be able to see into the person of who our pastor is. Because every week he comes up here and he shares a message of what God is revealing to him and kind of wanting him to lead us into. But a lot of times we don't get to see behind the curtain of what he deals with just as a person. And so sometimes that can kind of create a distance and a disconnect. And so what we want is just to have a transparency and an openness to where you feel like you know your pastor on a personal level. And so I'm going to ask Pastor Derek to come up and we're just going to talk. I've known this man forever. And so if we kind of get off topic, just help realists back in. But... It's and, crazy. And did
1: I just see that uh, little baby Silas
0: is here? He's year? here, man. One All right, So,
1: hey, uh, just saying, it is flu season, so 45 feet away. Um, this row, you're going to need to separate a little bit. As um, long
0: as you don't want to catch hands. If you want to catch <laughs> hands, you get close, as close as you want. Um, but the crazy thing to me is that what a lot of you guys don't know is that me and Pastor Derek have been doing, like, I guess you would say, like, amateur ministry, because like, we're still figuring it out, for, like, seven years together. And so this isn't just something that he decided he was going to build U-Church. And I was like, oh my gosh, this sounds great. This is like, I've been telling this man to do this forever. And so when he said it was game time, it was over. It was like, it was a no-brainer. I just wanted to be on board and knew that God was really going to use him and his family to
1: do something amazing. And but I so, think, huh, before you go into that, I knew I told you I was going to do this. Because you think, oh, I'm just going to talk to you. I am like, nah, that ain't going to happen. Um, but I don't know where everybody is at their, in their life, but I, I think some of us, depending on where you grow up or what you grow up in, you, you, some of us don't have that amazing testimony, right? That I was, I was in the dumps at one point of my life, and then God rescued me. Um, you know, that's, I've never really had that moment um, I've kind of had some amazing parents that beat the Jesus into me, <laughs> right? And, uh, I was too scared to not go to church. And so, <laughs> and I knew that, uh, if, if, if I got in trouble with the cops, I would just tell them to lock me up for life cause it's safer in there. Right. <laughs> and, uh, so I've never really had that moment, but, uh, the minute we started a college ministry, I found out like how, how kind of jaded I've been my whole life. And, um, really doing life with Nick, and not saying that he he had this crazy testimony in his life, but he did. A nice person, He's a great person, right? And and he has an amazing family that I love more, just as much as I love my family, Mama Weaver. And um, I I, I think if you've not seen uh, his testimony on our thing, um, you should go watch it. But can you just share for just a second about where you were at before and where you're at now? Because if, if this will encourage you, if you don't hear anything else the rest of the service, no matter where you're at in life, you're never too far away for God to get you right back where you need to be. Yeah. And I think that, that preaches more. I, I, you could come every Sunday, right, and hear amazing messages, and we point you to Jesus every time. You can go read your word. But the stories of hearing people get back up on their feet yeah. are, they speak louder than anything else. Right. And, and I think that's the whole point of small groups, the whole point of community, is not for us to come and look good and dress up and say, I'm blessed and highly favored. Right. Like, no, it's like, hey, I'm broken, and you're broken, let's be broken together, because God does really good things with broken people, yeah. and, and so I think if, if we kind of shine a light on that, we'll actually start to create a community where people actually okay. feel like they're accepted the that's way right. they are, and that's, that's right. exactly how Jesus did. He didn't look to Peter and say, hey, get ready, and get better, and then come follow me. He said, hey, drop your nets, and let's go, yeah, right? right? We'll get We'll get good on the way, and so I, wanted, I want you to just kind of share just a second, because yeah. it was a wild ride, a wild ride. It and at one point ride. before we launched it, he actually hated me, <laughs> hated
0: For me. For a minute, boy. Let me tell you what. Um, but just quick abbreviated version. So it was probably 2013 is when Pastor Derek started the... Ooh, this one the Jay Leno mic. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um, it was 2013 that Agape started, and that was yep. a college ministry that we were both a part of. And... I showed up because I met a friend and he was a drummer and I was like, man, I want to drum. The only way to see him drum was to get to the college ministry. So God will literally use anything to get you into church, girls, drums, coffee, whatever you need. (laughs) It's all here. Just you got to figure it out. And so I showed up and the thing that really pulled me in was the fact that I could tell that Pastor Derek was so new at this, but that he was doing it out of a place of complete surrender And that was something that I didn't understand. Anytime that I had been in church, it felt so inaccessible to me. I can remember as a kid going to church and being like, they're talking about a lot of these great things, but I have no idea how to apply it to my life. And so I was going for a few weeks, a few weeks turned into a few months, and then Pastor Derek pulled me aside. He was like, yo, you're coming like a week here. You're missing like two weeks there. You come a week, you're missing a little bit. And I, told, took attendance. I told him straight up, I was like, bro, Thursday nights, down. I'm scheduled at Subway from four to nine. Like I got to be at Subway. So that's when he sat me down. He was like, you got to take off Thursday night. This was the first time I knew church came with sacrifice at 8.50 an hour it was hurting on Thursday night. And so... I did. I took off Thursday night. She was like, why? My manager. I was like, oh, personal family reasons. I can't be here. (laughs) And so I started going on Thursday nights, and I just remember having this intense hunger for the Word of God. And it wasn't anything that really changed per se about my lifestyle or things that I was doing. It was the fact that the way he spoke made it real to me, and it made it accessible to me, and it made me curious. And you preached in a way where it allowed me to ask questions that he wasn't necessarily answering that he wanted us to go and figure out for ourselves. Long story short, I kept reading, growing. He kept including me. And any, every step of the way that he was growing, he's very much one of those people where he doesn't give you a choice. He kind of pulls you with him. So he's like, yo, we're about to do this. You're coming. I'm like, bro, I'm not ready. You're coming. And that was it. And so he just kind of threw me on stage, gave me opportunities to speak, gave me opportunities to grow in my passion for preaching. And then, 2016 rolls around. We'd been doing ministry together for like four or five years at this point, and I just got into a nasty relationship. Relationship was completely destructive, very distracting, um, and just kind of confused me. Everything that I thought I knew about ministry where I wanted to go with the church was just kind of on a tipping scale. Um, Long story short, I had a friend that ended up going to prison. He was one of my best friends, and it just seemed like the December of 2016 was like everything was kind of coming against me, um, and some things just happened between me and Pastor. I'm a very passionate person; he's a very passionate person. So we had some very passionate words for each other, and I'm not going to share those All in biblical, church. I promise. I'm not going to share those in church, <laughs> but it happened, and it just and I hold a grudge. I get it from my mom, and wow, <laughs> and she's my son's going to get it from her too, not me. Um, but. And it just, it was something that kind of drew a wedge between me and the church. And I spent that next year just crazy partying, whiling out. And I remember the way I kind of started coming back to the church is that there was one night, I'll never forget where I was. I was at a club in downtown Orlando. And I had, I'm about to just share some real information because life is hard. So that's just what it is. Um, I was at a club. I had just... Went with my buddy. He bought like an eight ball of Coke. We were in a stall. I was about to start doing it. And I remember I came out of the bathroom and I hadn't contacted Pastor Derek in forever, man. Like had no interest in talking to this man. And as I pulled the phone out of my pocket, it was on his contact. Like when I pulled the phone out of my pocket, on the screen, you can ask my wife. She was there. And it said, Derek Shackelford. Bro blew my mind and I was like what is happening at this time Chris Green and my boy Josh were checking up on me regularly they would come eat lunch with me that's the power of community man even though I was on the run they weren't letting me run from them that's good and so they just kept pursuing me chasing me down Nick how are you what are you doing you still reading your word (laughs) um and so anyways they were like I remember I was eating lunch with Chris and he goes yo Derek's about to start a church. I'm telling you, this was a lifelong dream of mine, vicariously through <laughs> Pastor Derek. And so when he said he was going to start a church, man, it was like something came alive in me. It was like, this is your chance to come home.
2: Yeah.
0: Like everything that happened before, that has gone. This is your chance to come home. And not 12 hours later, I get a text from Pastor Derek. Hey man, you want to meet up at Chick-fil-A? <laughs> And it was just kind of like one of those, it was like one of those, it was like one of those bro moments where he hits you up and you're like, but we're just going to pass the last year behind us. And like, we just, we just like scooted it by and we sat there, we ate Chick-fil-A, man. There wasn't any like hugging, crying, like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. It was just like, dude, I'm starting a church. And I was like, all right, let's do this. Like I'm in. And it was just from that process. It wasn't, he didn't throw me in, but he very carefully brought me back in, man. Nick, let's start praying. Nick, let's get you reading again. Let's get you back on track. Let's get you plugged into community. And that's where I started. He took a gift that I had, which was drumming, and he just put me right up back there. Let me get comfortable with being on stage again. Let me get comfortable with being around people again. And it's just, to me, it's a testament of, you know, friends that stick closer than than brothers sometimes, man. Because it would have been so easy to turn his back and say, lost cause. But I think the heart of a pastor and the heart of Jesus is that, when we're on the run, he's always running after us. And so that's just kind of a quick nutshell of what was happening. And I just
1: want to make it clear, because I'm, I'm always about this, right? <laughs> I, I don't want that to make it like you hear that story and go, wow, Derek's a really good guy. No, trust me. I wanted to punch him in the face <laughs> multiple times. Seriously, you're going to ask my wife. I'm like, forget that fool. He turned his back on us. You know, we're going to cut him out. And, and I'm telling you, and this is just a testament to the grace of God. If it wasn't for God and the the outpour, there have been moments where I wanted to do that, and every time God reminds me, well then I should punch you in the face too. Wow, come on. You know, and it's it's that same thought. It has nothing to do with me. I am I am just as bad as anybody else in this room, right? And and it's it's only by the grace of God that yeah. He reminds us daily. That's right. Like, listen, if you want to go tit for tat and let's really go and say, you know what? Like, you're bad, okay, well, so is he, and so is he. Do you want me to grade you all by what you really deserve, yeah. or do you want me to grade you by the cross? Yeah. And, and I think that's really what, like, it all boils down to, is trusting that God is good to you, so let's be good to people. Yeah. And and I, I just, I don't want that to, to to get mixed up, like, wow, you know, look, good job, Derek. No, good, thank yeah. God for the grace yeah, of God, because if right. it wasn't for that... We would yeah. all be messed up, and yeah. we'd still be messed up. So, uh, th-
0: I, I really love, that, love that point, though. That, like, what he's saying is, no matter where you're at, the cross is the great leveler. It's like the cross levels every playing field. Doesn't matter if you have money, you're broke. Doesn't matter if you have a happy family, you're <laughs> about to kill your spouse right now. Don't look at him, because then it gets obvious. <laughs> Do not look, act very confused right now. Don't but say amen. It doesn't. Don't say amen. Don't <laughs> clap. But it doesn't matter where you're at, man. It's just the cross levels the playing field, and I think that's really one thing that, as we've even gone through this process over the last year, that God has really shown us. Yep. Um, we're just going to jump right into it. I, I did some studying. I'm a habitual like researcher, so I researched like some questions. I put this man on the spot. He didn't have time to prepare. Even well, we I told
1: t- him, I told him, I was like, I want to, I want to do a vision Sunday and talk about like where we've been as a, as a church for a year. But I want to do it in a way because I get super excited about things. So, like, I'd probably just sit there and talk about, like, how we were able to do 300 Bibles or how we had 36. I'd probably talk about that for, like, three hours. All right? So I was like, Nick, can you do something to keep us on point and us on track? But then also I was like, I don't want to do this scripted. So I said, you come right. up with some questions and don't tell me. And I just want to kind of go into this and speak from the heart and this scares the heck out of me. I'm dead serious. Cuz I have no idea what I'm going to say and I have no idea what he's going to say. So, um can you put your hand on the censor button back there and <laughs> at any moment cut the stream. No, I'm cut kidding. the stream. But uh, let's just let's go into
0: this. Yeah. Um the first thing is that a lot of I feel like a lot of people don't realize is that actually our pastor works three plus jobs at any given time. So this is not his full-time job. A lot of pastors, their full-time job Is ministry, they're able to commit 40 plus hours a week and they get paid to do this. And so our pastor is actually working three other jobs while trying to do this. And so what I want to ask you is how did your journey into ministry begin? Like how did that kind of start for you?
1: So I was actually, this is funny, because I had actually, through all this, I've had some practice. So last night, I, I I was able to do Zach and Allie's wedding, and that's why they're not here. They're on a plane for their honeymoon. But um, I, I got that question a lot, you know, like because they're like, oh, were you the guy that did the officiant? Yeah, and they're like, did you go to school? I go, no. And they're like, oh, so how did you become a pastor? And I'm like, oh, well, the hard knocks of uh, reality, right? <laughs> and uh, my parents, like I said, kind of, you know, made me go to church. And i was been, a, been to a lot of churches, and I've been doing ministry ministry. Uh, you know, like what Pastor Wayne said a few weeks ago, he allowed me to sneak in, and I was actually a youth leader before I was even old enough to get into the to the group legally. And, and so, um, I just—I've been a part of church for so long, and I and I had a, a pastor at a young age look at me and says, "You're going to be a pastor," and I was like, "No, I'm not. I don't love people that much. Right? Um, they annoy me sometimes. <laughs> <Facts. right? laughs> and I hate talking in front of people. So you're lying. Nice job. Tell somebody else that. And. Uh, Long story short, um, it, it kind of just happened. I got set up by uh, my, my family. They had a church in Volusia County, and they said, hey, we want you to come, uh, you know, be a part of our young adult small group. And me and my wife, we go there, we sit down, and they all turn around and look at us, like, what are you going to talk about? And I'm like, <laughs> I was just coming to hang out, like, and, and essentially, we just sat around and shared our hearts and shared Jesus. And before long, we met Nick and all these other amazing crew that launched with us, and we had a college ministry and, and, and it literally for six years, we just we just loved people and, and that kind of was just an expression of this. And you know, really I, I think to go to that point of of you know working full time, I think anytime God gives you something and a passion, come on, sometimes you just do whatever it takes. Come on, try um, And and I don't think I've ever really realized that until I had children, right? Wow. Because I always hear this, right? And we we did some premarital counseling. When do you think it's the right time to have kids? My answer? Never. (laughs) I don't think you can ever get to a point where you go, like, oh, let's just have kids I can
0: testify. Like, like,
1: I think we're ready. No, you're not, right? And and especially financially. Uh, If I was waiting around to be financially ready for kids, we would probably be 65 and retired and then have to adopt. But, like, it's just – I think when you you have a passion and a heart for something – You just, I call it side hustling. You just do anything and everything that makes money so that you could provide. And I think it's that way. Do I know if, will this be the season I do this for the rest of my life? If so, God's going to give you the grace to do it. And I think that speaks to anybody in your life, no matter what you're going through. I think some of us go, God, I will take that step of faith and do what you want me to do when you start to provide. And I think God goes, no, that's not how this thing works. You take the steps of faith and yeah. then I give you the grace to make it happen. Come
2: on, that's right. And,
1: and so I think that right there has been it. Um, I mean, we've done pretty much anything. And, and I, I like to say me per se, but like honestly, m- without my wife, I, we would be broke, poor, and probably living in the back of some, probably my parents' house. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, she, she's the one, I have uh, part-time jobs. She has full-time jobs. She's got the kids most of the time. Um she's doing other side hustles at night. Um she's pregnant now growing a human and somehow is she's not She's grinding, <laughs> boy. And somehow she's you, not taking a break. And so um I really would love to take all the credit, but um uh, nah, it, it's been mostly her. Wow. Um Come on. and and honestly, I'll be real with you, like it's 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 been a sometimes a a, pro, a prideful thing that I've dealt with um just because, you know, from from a, a child right you always hear it as a kid the the father goes and provides for his family and the the wife takes care and trains the kids and all this you know the just the bs that <laughs> excuse, Beep. um
2: call it like
0: it that, is uh,
1: <laughs> I don't know if a better word to say <laughs> uh just all that 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 thought process and and you know that's kind of been a tough for me because there's been moments where Right before we started the church, the, the company I was working for just said, hey, you know, we don't have the hours to, to full time anymore. So we're going to bump you to half, half of that. And, and so really looking back and saying, you know, my wife is providing for our family financially. That was hard to tell people sometimes. Like, hey, yeah, you know, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm mowing lawns every now and then to do that and stuff. And, and, and not saying that that's any less of a thing because just the heart to provide no matter what, I think that's where it's at. Come and on, so that's right. I think no matter where you're at in life – As long as you're walking in the will of God and uh, you have an amazing partner with you that can pick up the slack when you drop it off. And I think that's the success story there is, uh, you know, having having two equally yoked. That's why we talk about it so much is having equally yoked marriages, equally yoked relationships, because there's going to be that time. You're going to fall on your face, and, and it's that's the time that your spouse steps up and says, listen, yeah, that's right. I'm going to dust you off. I'm going to take care of this right now, and when you get back on your feet, then we'll do this again. Yeah. And uh, I think that's been the biggest thing, and I thank God that she puts up with everything that I have because <laughs> <laughs> somebody's got to, and I'm glad it's her, um, but she's she's definitely been our rock, and this church definitely wouldn't be where I was at without her and, wow. and her heart for God because there's been times I've definitely wanted to give it up because I'm just like, this is too much drama <laughs> and too much stuff and, and and people do stink sometimes, but you know God's greater than all wow. that and
0: Wow man I, have, I this you, is going to be a good interview. I'm feeling it right now well, we're, <laughs> about, to we're anything, about to yeah, get into it we're about to get into it boy <laughs> um, and like the next thing, kind of what he alluded to is he kind of got thrown into the college ministry, so he wasn't planning to be a college pastor, that wasn't in his game plan. it just happened. And so, like, I remember the first couple times we went, it was, like, a really, like, rinky-dink kind of setup. It was weird. Like, there was a birdcage in the center of the room. I think they were trying to go for, like, a a rustic feel.
1: Oh, it was rustic. It was, like, a
0: birdcage. And then we had, like, set-up tables around it, and we just sat around and... His hands would shake so bad when he was speaking that he got to a point where he just put a mic stand in front of him. And I stuck so my <laughs> So he didn't have to touch the mic. It was wild, dude. Um, and that kind of actually takes us into the next question is, like, I've been able, every time I see him speak on Sunday, it's like a, like a going back experience. It's like a full circle experience because I remember where he was at now. And to see him on stage the first Sunday of our church launching in front of nearly 200 people speaking with confidence was unreal to me. And so for those people that, you know, don't really know, you hated reading in front of people. Like Still hated do. it. Hated reading Still in front of people. Reading. And so <laughs> like a lot of people feel that what they can't do disqualifies them from what God is calling them into. Yeah. So like in that season, how were you able to kind of lean into God and kind of just trust him through that process of growing?
1: I think the the, the biggest thing I – advice I've ever gotten in my life, and, and this I hope will encourage you, is, is, is a very simple phrase, do it afraid.
2: <laughs> wow, come on.
1: And, and I think if, if we as, as believers and we as parents and we as, as in relationships, young adults, whatever it is, if, if you just don't let fear hold you back, you're going to get to a point where you look back and go, I was really afraid to do that. Wow. You know, and, and I think at any point in your life, if you just kind of trust God and, and, and obey his word and do it afraid... You're going to look back sometimes and go, man, I fell on my face. But that's where the grace of God comes in. Yeah, that's right. right. Do it afraid. Take steps. And uh, I I think when we get to that point in our lives, we look back and we trust God and we say, you know what? I'm better now because I tried. Yeah. I'd rather get to heaven with a whole bunch of I tried than I never did anything and I sat around and wish that it happened. Yeah. And, And so I think just, you know, just. Doing it afraid is 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 something that I I I I would encourage anybody. You know, no yeah. matter what, you feel scared to have kids. You know, do it. That's what community is all about, right? Is is we're gonna help you. The, the 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 thing about having an army to raise a kid, it's it's true. And and I think, man, if it wasn't for my parents and 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 our and all of our people, I wouldn't even know what to do. You know, thank yeah. God, God said plant the church in Lake Mary. Yeah. If not, we would have moved them wherever we were going because yeah. you know it was. It definitely takes an army. And so I think just having community around you to encourage you to get your back and say, you know what? I know you might not be the greatest at this, but I know that you have what it takes to do it.
0: God is kind of calling you into it. I love that. Um, And so as you and Emily started kind of transitioning into planting this church, um, what were the beginning steps? Like, what did that look like? A lot of people feel like January 7th, church popped up. It was done. Like, what was the beginning process of that?
1: Uh, A lot of questioning, are we sure about this? (laughs) There are a lot of nights like, uh, what are we doing, right? And uh, there was a lot of, and and this is where I think a lot of, um, it's a two-part thing, right? We need the older generation around because they're the ones that are wise and the ones that can look. But then we also need the younger generation to ask questions um, and really take it to heart. I I value every single relationship um, in my life that I I, I go to and seek counsel. Um, My parents... My grandparents, um, there's there are some, some people on our board, uh, just people that I pulled into my life that, that I can go to. And, and, and this is what I, I will encourage people to do. Put people in your life that, that aren't yes men and yes women, yeah. right? And I think if you surround yourself with people that are just going to pat you on the back and say, yeah, you're doing great, then you're just going to live a mediocre life the rest of your life. But if you put people in your life that will look you in the eyes and say, dude, what you're doing right now is stupid, <laughs> like stop it. And uh, that will make you a better person, right? And I think finding those people and pulling them in and letting them speak into your life has been the only way we've been able to do anything. And I I, I celebrate, we celebrate a a year, but I think if it wasn't for those people the year before that of just saying, hey, I I encourage you to do it this way and and make sure you're doing this. um, I don't think we would be anywhere close where we are now. but, But thank God that God allows those people to have been there, done that, and that you, they can speak into your life. And, yeah. and I encourage men. I know as a young adult, I was like, Dad, you have no idea what you're talking about, right? <laughs> and I look back now and I go, wow, you were a lot wiser than I gave you credit for, right? Don't take that to your head. Put your head down. <laughs> it's getting big back there. But uh, I just think, you know, it might not be what you want to hear in the moment, but it's definitely the the right thing that what they say. And those are the people you got to find and pull them in. So. Yeah.
0: And so like with, planting a church there's a lot of like paperwork that needs to be done and crazy stuff that a lot of people don't even consider but like what were some of the difficulties that going into this that you didn't foresee kind of as you started it's normally like we have this vision it's going to be amazing and then you kind of start running into speed bumps and roadblocks like what were some of those experiences
1: so it's funny because like I've been a part of ministry, but we've never been a part of the back end of it. And I didn't realize like there is a crazy business side to church that people have no idea about, right? Yeah. And and when we first started, we called this company called Start Church, and they're like, We're gonna handle all your bylaws and your all your paperwork. I'm like, What's a bylaw? <laughs> you know? and it's like all these things that you just don't even think about because you're just like, I'm trusting Jesus, I'm gonna take steps and, and all this stuff. And then they're like, You gotta find liability insurance and you gotta have terrorism insurance. I'm like, That's a thing, really? <laughs> like and and so there's all these things you don't know about, yeah. but but having those people in your life that you could go, hey, do I need this or do I need that? Like, those have been the biggest things of just saying, you know, I trust you enough to speak out of not your own will and desires, but what God's telling you to speak yeah, from. Yeah, that's right. And and I think that's been the craziest thing is just understanding that there's a lot more to it than just singing songs and praising God. Like, yeah. there is some stuff to it that you could literally make some bad decisions and, and really screw a lot of things up. Yeah. And then, like, having... Like, one of the biggest things is, is, is you know, we take huge pride in the safety of our kids. Yeah, and, come on. Like, we've gotten to the point now where it's like, if you're not wearing a blue T-shirt and you're back there, that security guard up there might, like, tackle you. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it'd be fun to try one day if anybody wants to be a guinea pig. But I think I think that right there is just understanding that, you know, the enemy does try to come to kill, steal, and destroy. And I think he tries to come to the areas you're not prepared in. Yeah, And the ones right. that you don't really focus on. And, and I think if you don't do what it takes to ensure that things are buttoned up and tight. Um, those are the times that you're going to look back and wish you did. Yeah. And so I think really trusting so good. the processes that you set up in life yeah, that's and relying good. on those are huge.
0: Yeah, man. Um, and so like a big thing about planting a church is knowing when to plant. Like you can't just decide next week we're going to do it. And so I feel like a lot of people have heard the voice of God in their lives kind of calling them into the next step. Um, how did you know you were moving on God's timing and what advice do you have for those that feel like they've heard the voice of God kind of calling them into the next step but still kind of feel uncertain?
1: Yeah, um, I think all of us can attest to this and it, it's been times where you know that you know that you're feeling something to do something but yeah. then you start to question it, right? Yeah. And the reason why we question it is because the things of the natural don't line up with that. Yeah, come on. And And I think that's... That's the biggest pressure of trusting God and taking steps of faith, is understanding that sometimes the thing in the natural doesn't have to line up with what God's pulling you to do. And and I remember being in that moment of, you know, just going part-time, and, and I think we were just, Brody or Levi had just been born, and 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 he had some complications in the hospital, and and it was all these things, and I'm looking. I'm like, God, I think you've got like maybe the wrong decade. Like, I don't <laughs> think, like, I don't think this is happening anytime soon, yeah. right? And and I just I I remember this moment like it was yesterday, and it was, I was doing it scared, right? Just freaked out and just trusting people's advice and wisdom, and 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 taking steps that I knew was necessary, and and really feeling kind of um, uh, not not strong enough in who I was to feel like this was something that God was wanting, and I remember sitting down, and it was the last, and grandma don't cry, and I won't cry, but uh, it was the last time that my grandfather ever said anything was I had the opportunity to sit down next to him and say, hey, you know, we've always talked about it. Me and him always talked about starting a church and how cool it would be, and he was always proud that that we had started a young adult, but I remember saying, grandpa, you know, one day I want, I want to do this for real, like, and, and I remember him looking at me and saying, on his last breath, and he's like, you know what? Lake Mary, Lake Mary, I'm so excited you're doing it. And, wow. I, and I remember that was like, there were a lot of things before that that I'm like, yeah, God is, God is definitely saying this is it, this is it. Um, wow. We had went to a, a Popka assembly in he was having a guest speaker there and one of the, the, the guys came down, Kent Maddox, and, and looked at me and pretty much read my mail and was like, "Wow, you, you're going to do this and you're going to do that and, you know, this and that. Wow, and, and I'm on. like, wow, that's, that's pretty spot on. Yeah. And, and the sermon title was, The Time Is Now. Wow. And I'm like, okay, God, I get it, right? <laughs> at me next time. <laughs> exactly, like, <laughs> hashtag Derek. Um, like, it's like all these things, but then when I heard that, I'm like, okay, you know, I can't not trust that this is a God thing anymore yeah. and I remember getting to a point where it's just like I don't care who says what or what does what or how many things don't line up at the beginning I now know that I know that I know wow, that this is on. exactly what God wants yeah. and even if the things of the world don't match up to the thought that I'm feeling yeah. that I know it's God come on and and I think that's just a testament to anybody in your life right now if you're like things aren't lining up God how do you want me to take this step God's like do it afraid and take the step because I've said it. And, yeah. and you don't have to, it doesn't all have to line up. And I, I think if I learned anything the whole year, that would be it. You know, walk by faith, not by sight. Yeah. And if you got to take a step with your eyes closed, take a step with your eyes closed. Because what you see in the natural might not make sense. But what God sees five or six steps ahead, Yeah, man. that's, that's, what, he's, that's, good. that's what he's encouraging you to do is take yeah. those steps.
2: I,
0: I think what a lot of people get discouraged of is that when they try and step out into something new, Pain for a lot of people is a discourager. It's like the moment you begin to experience any kind of pain or discomfort, you automatically think this isn't God. This can't be God's will for my life. When a lot of times the pain is an indication that you're headed in the right direction because the enemy only opposes what is against his agenda. So if you're headed in the will of God, you're going to face opposition. You're going to face, you know, you're going to face hardships. And like pastor said, it was, in the midst of one of his greatest pains that God was able to give him the confirmation that he needed to step out and start something that would affect an entire city. And so that's why I just love that story. That was actually the next question. So you messed me up. Sorry. <laughs> um, but as we start, you're overachiever. But as we started this planting process for many of us who came along with you, this was completely unknown. Like we had no idea what we were signing up for. But how did you deal with the pressures of feeling overwhelmed and stepping into a completely unknown scenario of leading a church? So the feelings of being overwhelmed—how did you deal with that?
1: So like I, I don't—I don't know if anybody else is like this, but I'm the type of person that I would rather be overwhelmed than anybody else. So like, yeah. If if I know my wife is overwhelmed, I'm like, what can I do more of, even if I already feel that way, to do more so she can do less, and I wow. I, I do that even to like people at the church like I'm yeah. like no you don't set up the chairs and do the power shape I'll do it and like I, I want to make sure that people feel like yeah like like they're not stressed or worried and and, and it wasn't until one time where you I think it was like a group of you came up and said listen like we've got this we're all striving we're all doing this for God you don't have to do it all yeah and, come on. And you don't have to and, and I, that right there was the scariest moment because it's like you release control of something and you're just like, wow. okay, sure, you do it. Yeah. And then, like, shortly after that, this is not even a joke, they literally kicked me out of the church. Like,
0: we did. That's a fact.
1: <laughs> like, That's I was a fact. Did I <laughs> clapping.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. His brother's in the back. All clapping. right, censor this for a second.
1: <laughs> I've always wanted to do this. petty. <laughs> But uh, no, they, they would get to a point because they're like, listen, like, you've done what you've said, you've you've helped us get to a point where we can do it, now get out. And they would literally make me go up, sit at the office by myself with nothing to do till, And they're like, you can come back at 9.15. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. what? And, and, it, and I, I didn't really understand, like, the reasoning to it. I kind of knew what they were doing, but they were just like, listen, like, we all have a hand in this, and this is, this is a burden for us, too. Like, yeah. those 312 hours served all in 2018, like... I wish at some points that would have just been like you guys just relaxing and me doing all the work. But I don't think that's how it works. You know, God, God says he equips a team and a community. Yeah, that's right. And it, he talks about that, that we're all part of the body and we all have specific parts. And I think when we as a community try to be some other part along with your part, we never do it the way God intended it. And we always do it wrong. And so I think kind of just understanding who you are as a Christian, who you are as, as a believer and who you are as a person and just doing that, um, that's the easiest thing to do is just kind of relinquish control. Yeah.
0: And, and that's hard. That's and really hard. the funny thing is, it was a group of us that were like, yo, pastor, we got to meet with you. Didn't tell him what. He hates that. If you ever want to get under his skin, just be like, yo, I got to talk to you. Don't text him back. Just wait until you got to meet. This man will drive himself crazy thinking of scenarios. Let's he'll not just, do that, He'll just okay? go <laughs> off. And so we, we sat him down and we were like, Pastor, you've got to do what you can do. So like you've got to be the one that creates the vision and just kind of sets the, the direction for the church. Let us do the things that we can do. We can do pipe and drape. We can do stages. We can do lights. So if you do what you can do and you let us do what we can do, we're going to be significantly more efficient. I think as soon as we made that change, our teams made a huge turn for the better, and we were just able to all kind of grow into our independence, really, because we felt like he trusted us, and it just kind of let us take the reins and kind of jump into that next place as individuals. Um, But one thing that I've really noticed as we've gone over the last year is that like life and like you know, lifestyles and families. Churches have seasons and cycles. Yeah, that it's just kind of like a constant up-down, winter, summer. Felt yeah. like. Um. So, what seasons have been the most difficult? What seasons have been the most fun? Really. And nice. how did you stay kind of faithful in the gap?
1: Oh man, you really dug deep for these questions. <laughs> I told
0: you, bro, I was coming for you.
1: <laughs> um. I mean. The seasons have, have, have come, and, and that's the thing, in the moment, and I love what the, you know, the Bible says about, you know, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow has its own yeah, issues. Yeah, come on. I, I, you don't really understand that until so you get face-to-face with issues, right? And it's like, I don't have enough time or energy to deal with tomorrow's issues because I got a ton of them to deal with today. Yeah. And I think the enemy wants nothing more in the world than to keep you busy. Because wow. if I can keep you busy and I can keep you worried about other things that you'll never accomplish anything today.
2: Wow, come and, on.
1: And I think and that, that even goes to marriages and especially kids. I think, I think if, if and, and this is why we see what we see now, is you've got both parents working full-time jobs. Wow, come you've on. You've got the school systems raising our kids and social media. And, and th- what we've done is just become very busy with a lot of nonsense. Yeah. And, and we're looking back wondering why we're at where we're at today and it's because we're not really taking time to focus on where we're at today and how can I finish strong today. Yeah. And I think that's been the hardest part for me and, and, and really I think the season of learning how to keep um, ministry at ministry and keep home at home. Wow. Um, that's probably been the hardest season to really deal with is, yeah. is really not take frustrations from the church home and have it, frustrations with my kids right um to be completely honest that that's that's been a tough one for me because I'll just let stress and, and maybe some of you feel like this if you're honest with yourselves but you just let stresses from work stresses from reality get to you yeah, and then right. you'll end up snapping at your wife or snapping at your kids and you're like I don't even know where that came from <laughs> yeah and, and and at that moment like it's like I don't like that person I don't like who that person is in that moment yeah. and, and I think that season of really figuring it out and I'm I, I love to tell you hey I'm perfect in that area, but come I'm on. far from it. Like, I, I still, like, I'll get stressed out over the simplest things, and I'll be like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're grounded. <laughs>
1: and, and then Emily be like, come here, come here. You're not grounded. <laughs> you got
0: to reel it back yeah. in.
1: <laughs> that is just crazy today. And uh, I, think, I think that's probably the hardest thing is just yeah. learning to, to just be a dad sometimes and be a husband and, and, and really make the priorities the priorities and right. not blend it all together because I think that's the hardest thing. And, and yes, we have a church, and yes, we have full-time jobs, and yes, we have kids, but we have a, a marriage first. Yeah, come and, on. And even before that, we have relationships with Christ. Yeah, come on. And I think right at the beginning, I was in crazy seasons of reading this book for you guys. Um,
2: come on, and, talk about And really, it.
1: like, preparing. The only time I was in the Word was like, oh, I need to hear a word for church.
2: Wow, And I, I
1: think it was one time where Jesus kind of punched me in the face and was like, listen. If you're just doing that for that, you're going to fail real quick. Wow. And I think it wasn't to the seasons of like me coming back and saying, you know what? I don't need to read this for anybody else but me first.
2: Wow. Yeah. And
1: then when I become a really good Christian myself, then I could be a really good husband. Wow. And then when I'm a really good husband, then I could be a really good father. Wow. And then when I'm a good father, I can be a good friend. And then somewhere way down the line, I could be a good pastor.
2: Wow! Um, that's because, good, like, man. listen, that's I, good.
1: and and that's my priorities, and that's honestly, and that might not be your priorities, but um, I'm I'm a definitely a, a Christian first, a follower of Christ. Wow! I'm definitely a husband next, and then I'm a father. And wow. if I get any of those threes out of order, then I'm just replicating a lot of craziness that's already happened. Wow, man! And and if I can't get those three things in order, then I have no business coming up and trying to help people and wow. point people to Jesus. And so. I think staying strong to those seasons in life is it and, and and the second I get any of that out of order is the second chaos happens in my life. Yeah man. And I think that's where you go back to the bigger picture, having someone in your life. Um we have I've got a good group of guys. Um I ain't gonna talk about it because it's a secret place. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a group of guys in my life that I just you know, I go to um in in um it's just people that I, I, I don't come in as a pastor or as a kid or yeah. as this. I come in as a, as a guy who has real-life issues, and yeah, we sit right. in community together. It's church, and we have church, and uh, we get squared away. And, and I do that for me, not wow. anybody else. That's I do right. that for me. And, and I think having those people in your life that can keep you on track because we all get off track. I don't care who you are or where you're yeah, at or where right. you're at in life or how old you are, you're going to get off track. And having people that can help you get on track in those seasons are the only way you're going to be a successful husband, successful Christ follower, and a successful father. And that doesn't just happen with just fathers. My wife needs it just as much because I drive her crazy all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Don't say amen. And uh, (laughs) there are times when she has to go and and have those group of girls that can hear. And that's honestly why community is what it is. And that's why we're doing this is yeah. so that like-minded people can have a place that's safe, that's that right. can get together and say, listen, I'm ready to punch my husband in the face <laughs> yeah, <talk about> it. <laughs> and he's crazy, but yeah. I need you to help me to uh, settle down. And, yeah, yeah. and, and, and then that's when we can all get in community. And this is why I like this. I, I didn't want to do this because I'm like, I hate when things kind of get centered it. around like a topic or something, but what I really wanted after I said this to him was I want people to walk out of this and go, wow, I'm dealing with that same thing too. Like I'm normal. And, and, and I think that's the biggest thing is like, we all, no matter where we're at in life, we will go through stuff similar. And if we all are honest and decide, you know, I'm gonna put my pride aside and I don't want you to look at me like a CEO of this company or the number one, this or number one that I'm I'm this person, and I'm human, and I have issues too. That's right.
2: Come on. I think
1: that's, that's, when, that's right. when true community happens. That's right. And so I, I don't know where you're at in your life, but if you're honest with yourself and honest with people, I think we can really start to see true change. That's right, man.
0: No I'm matter what it. season you're in. I'm loving this. And then <laughs> kind of describe for us, what have been the seasons that you get the most joy out of? Like what experiences have really made you feel like you're taking a step in the right direction?
1: So I'm glad there was a slideshow at the end of that video because that was the time where I could kind of like compose myself and wipe my, you know, my tears <laughs> away because I, I, don't, I don't do any of this. Like wake up at 5 a.m. on a Sunday is not fun all the time. Right. But when I hear... 36 salvations. Wow. I'm like, okay, it was worth it. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because it's like the the only reason we do this is to point people to Jesus and yeah. at the end of the day, get as many people there as we can. That's right. And so uh, all the seasons have been ups and downs, but the only thing that's been consistent is yeah. the move of God. Yeah. And so right. seeing people's hearts go from lost to saved and seeing people go from uh, broken marriages to you know stable marriages and working towards it and, and seeing people you know get married literally marrying you and Heather on that beach Woo! was probably let's go baby <laughs> was probably the coolest thing I've ever seen right yeah, because uh, we've been a part of life forever and just being there and having the honor to do it it was amazing and I and I think just being a vessel of of what God's wanting to do. Yeah. That's the coolest thing. Yeah, and, I, and I mean, it, it boils down to doing anything, like anything. I'm telling you, there are people that have said me just pulling into the parking lot and feeling welcomed has changed my whole outlook.
2: Wow. And, and
1: I think just being willing to just be used by God yeah. and seeing change in people's lives.
0: Yeah, man. That's so fulfilling. That's awesome. And then, so with one year, you've been doing this one year as a lead pastor, learned a lot. What do you think your greatest lesson has been personally and what do you hope to learn in the next year? We're getting real. We're getting into it,
1: man. <laughs> um, The greatest lesson, I would say, is that God is good. Yeah. And and I've known that all my life, right? And then we sing songs about that all the time. Um, and, and it's not this, that just that God is good, but God is good in every season.
2: Wow, um, yeah. Because
1: it's really easy to make that statement when things are great, right? Yeah,
2: that's right.
1: Business is booming. You know, church is growing, Kids are listening. Money's in the account. Money's in the account. All the bills are paid, yeah. right? You get a vacation coming up. All, like, yeah, God is good. Yeah. But is He still good when all that's not happening? Wow. Um, that's, that's when the challenge happens. And yeah. I think if I would learn anything through that one year, it would be that God was just as good at the beginning as He was in the hard times, and yeah. He is now. And I think the only time that changes is when we change our mind, right? When we stop thinking that God is good in certain seasons. And so I think no matter where you're at in your life, um, ups or downs, that if you keep that constant, that God is good, even in this season, this, no, I just lost my job. Well, God is good. This just happened. Well, God is good. And I think kind of what we talked about just a minute ago, like if we just keep what's constant in our life, Jesus, and we keep our eyes fixed on that, everything else fades away. Yeah. And uh, I just encourage you at that point, just trust God that God is good all the time.
0: Yeah. All right, this is actually the last one. We made it, oh, all thank nine, God. all nine, we made it. <laughs> um, and so with all that's been accomplished in U-Church this year, and by the way, everything debt-free, which is like unheard of in any church plant, like that's incredible. You got to just make some noise for that, because that is huge in general. I wish I could do anything debt-free. Come on, somebody. (laughs) (laughs) I've been better. I've been better. Um, Do you feel as though we've accomplished all that God called us to in this year? And as our pastor, what are you excited about in the upcoming year? And what do you feel God is calling us to as a community?
1: So um, you definitely have to help me on that five-part question. Gotcha, gotcha. (laughs) I know one of the parts was... Uh, I just lost it. So do you you
0: feel as though we've accomplished all that God called us to in this year? So
1: a funny story. I was at a a wedding last night, obviously. And I said that before, but uh, one of the Zach's friends was a longtime pastor and he came up to me and he's like, so, so like, were you like excited about everything you happened? He goes, what was your expectations going into this? And I think I caught him off guard because I said, I didn't have any expectations. And he's like, uh, and I was like, let me tell you why, because I get my hopes up really, really high. Right. Like, if you tell me, like, if we're going to have, like, a party, and I'm that type of person, like, if we're going to have a birthday party, and you say you're coming, and you don't show up, I'm like, I don't like you anymore, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Because I set my expectations really high. If you say something, I expect you to do it, right? right? And so, like, if, if I was to go into the year one and say, we're going to do this, and this is going to happen, and this yeah. many this, and that many this, um, and let's just say that didn't happen, I would feel like it all was a failure. Wow. And I would be like, well, if we didn't hit 50 salvations, well, then all the other 36 didn't mean anything. Wow. And, and I love numbers, and, I, and I'm glad we tracked them because it, it just points to Jesus. Yeah. But I know me personally, if I try to put a goal in mind with a number, I'm so goal-oriented and competitive, so competitive, that I will do whatever it takes, and I will bypass some of the things that God's yeah. like, wait a sec, let's not do it that way. I'm like, no, we have to win. Like, right. we have to do this. And yeah. And so I think really just stepping back and setting zero expectations for what God wanted to do yeah. really freed up to let the Holy Spirit run the church yeah. and not me. Yeah. And I think that that's been my biggest thing. That's um, so good, man. And and I loved I loved just everything we've been able to do. And then like also the Bibles, man. We talked about it last week, but crazy. I mean, just just being able to to send the 300 Bibles. has yeah. been completely amazing, right? Because God's just. God's just a big God, and yeah, he's a man. good God, and yeah. uh, I think being able to, to hit that mark and that goal, yeah. that's exciting. That's awesome. It was really And exciting.
0: then, so moving into this next year, where do you feel like we're headed as a church?
1: I, I definitely think that, like, near the end, and we probably could have done this sooner, but we got very organized at the end. Yeah, um, we, agreed. We, we put a lot of things to paper. Um, we put a lot of uh, structures and, and orders and value systems yeah. in, and we just, we just did a lot of the hard work near the end. And, yeah. and I think God always honors um, order. And yeah, if, if you have order in your life, then God's going to let things happen. He's never going to bless chaos. Um, and, and I think if you have a chaotic lifestyle, a chaotic situation, I think if you, if you get some structure and order to that, God's then going to go, okay, now I can open up the floodgates. Yeah. Um, but until then, it would just destroy you. And I think really now setting up and putting the right people in place and putting the right structures and orders and, and then being able to launch small groups like yeah. I was excited if we would have launched three um, but, yeah. but being able to launch five um, is I know it's a number thing but it's just it just shows a testament that God's moving and people are getting it yeah. like it's all about that's discipleship right. it's all about loving people that's right um, so I think you know I'm excited Uh, I think 2019, again, I don't want to put numbers. I don't put expectations. I don't want to say we're going to be this, this, and this. I just know that we're going to do more because we're going to stretch our faith more. Yeah, come on. And we're going to think out of the box and we're going to do things differently. And we're going to dream big. One of our values is we're going to dream big and take risks because God's a good God and a big God. Yeah. And I don't ever want to, you know, uh, disqualify what he wants to do with small-minded thinking. Yeah, that's right. Thinking like we can only do this much because we're a church this size. That's right. No, I want to do more right. than we ever thought we could do because God is big, not That's because right. we're big.
2: That's and
1: right, uh, I'm excited for that. So whatever it looks like, I, I just know if we're obedient and we're willing to do what he says, we're going to look back at 2019 and go, I can't wait for 2020.
2: That's right, man. Like 2020 is going to be huge. That's right.
1: So, but we got work to do in 2019. So Come put on. your work boots on. Let's get to work.
0: How many of you are excited for what God's going to do in 2019? Amen. And so I didn't really ask pastor how we were going to close this. So I'm about to freestyle right now. DJ Leno close on the mic and right now. I'm getting out of here. So I, yep, we're going to close it out in prayer. And so like pastor always says, we never want to close the service without giving people the opportunity to receive Jesus. So if you feel like you've been impacted by any of the stories he's told, or if you feel like just by getting to know his heart and know that broken people are still able to be used. One thing he told me many years ago that I loved is that God uses crooked sticks to draw straight lines. And that just means that God uses broken people. God uses flawed individuals to really make a straight path for other people that are struggling with the same thing. So just real quick, with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you just feel like right now you want to commit your life to the Lord or you just feel, you know, led to recommit, I just want to give you an opportunity to lift your hand right now. I'm not going to count. I'm not going to do anything. But if you feel led to receive Christ... Amen. Amen. So I'm just going to pray, and for the sake of those receiving Christ, you could pray along with me. Just pray something simple like this. Say, Jesus, all together, Jesus, I commit my life to you. I thank you for sacrificing yours for me. I love you with all my heart. I believe that you died and rose again to give me new life. Today is my new beginning. Today is a new day. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give God a hand clap for what he did?
1: If this message impacted you in any way, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email at info at u.church. Also, if you need prayer about anything, we'd love to pray with you. We have a team sitting, waiting to pray with you. Click that link below at u.church forward slash prayer to submit your prayer request. But finally, we'd love to connect with you. Hit the subscribe button right below so that we can learn and do life together and so we can stay connected.